With the world becoming increasingly unpredictable when it comes to your family's health, proactivity is key. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit contains eight essential medications like ivermectin, amoxicillin, and z Rest easy knowing that their chief medical team, including Dr. Peter McCullough, stand behind every kit. Visit twc.health slash Prager. Use the promo code Prager for an exclusive 10% discount. Don't take chances. Secure your family's health today with The Wellness Company. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody, and good Friday to you. I'm Dennis Prager. Because of its hatred of Israel, the regime of South Africa brought Israel to the International Court of Justice and uh, charged Israel with genocide. The, the ruling has come down, and uh, it's, it's, it's an ambiguous r- ruling, and will it will have, uh, to the best of my knowledge, very little impact. They they're not even calling for a ceasefire. As the National Review puts it, International Court of Justice won't dismiss genocide case against Israel, but stops short of calling for ceasefire. Who is it I was listening to? Who was noting the number of people? Oh yes, the great Douglas Murray. The number, the number of I'm, I'm laughing not at the situation, at the moral farce. How many, how many people did uh, did uh, Hafez Assad? Well, Hafez Assad is the father. What was the what's the Assad's son's name? The the current ruler of Syria. Assad of Syria has killed uh, more uh, Muslims, more Arabs. And, and Bashar, Bashar. Bashar, yeah. Then uh, all of the deaths in Arab-Israeli wars, including obviously the current one, and you know, the, as, as he pointed out, there have been no demonstrations on behalf of a- Arab death or against Arab death on behalf of Arabs who were dying. That's what I meant, not on behalf of Arab death. That doesn't uh, that doesn't count. It's like all the demonstrations ceased against the Vietnam War the moment the draft was ended. So the staggering number of Vietnamese killed by communists didn't mean a damn thing to virtually any protester against the uh, war in Vietnam. It was a protest against America. And the the staggering amount of, of murder and torture in Cambodia, known as the Killing Fields, that, that elicited. I don't. I don't know if there was a single protest on a campus. No. You're you're giving a definitive no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Mm. Well, 
The issue is hatred of Israel and desire to destroy it. A big chunk of the Muslim world and virtually all Palestinians want Israel destroyed. That's it. That, that's it. And the left wants Israel destroyed. The left supports those who want to destroy Israel. Not liberals. Oh, I got that out every day I do. The left hates America. The left hates Israel. The left hates the good and loves the evil. It's a sick world. The world of the left, sick. Just truly sick. And that's what we have to deal with. No genocide, no ethnic cleansing anywhere. Uh, justice for the Palestinians. Who, who's putting up this sign? What is the ratio of of left-wing women to left-wing men in this country? I would love to know that. So many demonstrations on left-wing matters. Uh, the, it's such an overwhelming uh, number of, of women. Did you see the press conference where the women were dressed in black? Yeah, you sent it to me. So where was that again? Utah. So Utah passed a law, uh, what was it, about uh, men claim their women not being allowed into female bathrooms? Yeah. Uh-huh. And locker rooms and I assume sports. If you see a picture or the video of those uh, protesting, I don't, I don't mean people outside, but uh, I, I assume members of the Utah legislature. So the front row is all women, the second row is all women, the third row is all women, and then in the, in the back there are about four men. Maybe it's three rows of women, maybe not four, but it's, it's all women. It's, it's, it's a very distressing thing what, what women have been doing, the damage that a disproportionate number of women have been doing. Generally, in the past, it was a disproportionate number of men doing damage, but it, it has changed. Like the damage, especially the damage to children, because, well, what is it, 80% of elementary school teachers are female, or is it 90%, or now 90% of kindergarten teachers? But we have real problems. The International Court of Justice today refused to dismiss South Africa's genocide case against Israel and ordered Israel to take more measures to protect civilian lives. What, what, should, what should Israel do in that regard? What is Israel supposed to do? Do you know I follow this avidly, and I follow left-wing speakers who hate Israel as much as I follow conservatives who defend an essentially truly decent country. And do you know what I've never heard? Other than, uh, let's make two states. I will be on Pierce Morgan on uh, Monday. I assume that this will be part of the the issue. Uh, And if it is, I will note then, as I have noted to you for so long, the left in Israel doesn't want a Palestinian state now. And by the way, I was for a Palestinian state almost all of my life. But I, uh, I live in reality. A Palestinian state would simply give Hamas and uh, murderous Palestinians, which is not entirely redundant, but is largely redundant because they want to murder Jews. 
the, the heroes of the West Bank are those who murder Jews. Does anybody know that? They're given, the whole family is given stipends and rewards. Not, not if you serve in an army, they don't have an army. But if you, if you go to a bus stop and slaughter who's ever standing at the bus stop, you are a hero of, of, on the West Bank, not, not just in Gaza. And Israel is supposed to give these people a state. Most Israelis, if the Palestinians declared we will not kill any more Jews, there would be peace so rapidly, it, it would be, uh, you would have the shock of, that you would, let's say, you know, if your car hit a, a wall, but be thrust forward against your will. You know what I want to see? I want to see how this is covered. Uh, by the New York Times, you want to you want to get that up because it's obviously not going to. The paper was printed before the verdict. The verdict was was two p.m. European time, I believe. They don't have any coverage of it now. There is no coverage yet on, on the other other than just reporting this. this I know, but and, and they reported it the same way National Review did. More or less. Uh, interesting. Okay. I mean, I'll send it to you. Very nice. Very nice. All right, my dear friends. The Museum of Modern Art in New York City, one of the most prestigious museums of modern art in the world. It's a wasteland, like all modern art museums. This is the headline in the Daily Mail. Hires non-binary woke kindergarten. Woke kindergarten is a... Woke kindergarten is... Uh, what is Woke Kindergarten? It's the name of a, of a, I think, a website, it, 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 which is obviously for children to engage in woke, uh, woke propaganda. Museum of Modern History hires non-binary, non-binary, Hey, that's somewhat of a farce. You're neither man nor woman. Woke garden activist who calls Israel a made-up place to give children's workshop on Martin Luther King and climate change. Previously said kids could use the pronoun tree. You get that? Not, not he or she or Z or they, but tree as in these beautiful things that grow out of the ground and go high. Martin Luther King and climate change. That's a Babylon Bee joke. So it's Seb Gorka and Mike Gallagher, my two colleagues, two of my colleagues at Salem, who told me about the PhD weight loss program. Uh, And... The only reason I took them seriously is because they lost so much weight with it, and it stayed off. So I have discipline in eating. It has never really been an issue, just I haven't been able to lose weight, and I've always wanted to. And sure enough, I've tried it, and now, let's see, it's uh, basically two pounds a month and six months. They, they did it faster. But I'm, I'm amazed that I've been able to do that, and it's no pills, no injections, just solid science, no shortcuts. 
coaching from them, go to phdweightloss.com or just call them 864-644-1900, 864-644-1900, or go to myphdweightloss.com. Is that a new one? I assume it's a new one. Is this from a movie? Sounds like uh, film music. All right, Napoleon? Who wrote it? You know who the composer is? So these uh, new uh, new bumper music for the year, is that, is that what we're doing? Always rotating. I'm looking this uh, organization up. This is really, uh, you, you have no idea. Well, that's not true. I, I, that's hyperbole. You have an idea. Most Americans do not have an idea about the sickness, the, the absurdity at the heart of leftism. New York City's Museum of Modern Art hired non-binary Woke Kindergarten. Woke Kindergarten is an organization, a website, and, and it, it, it teaches kids to act in the resistance. Isn't that, you know, you know how, again, I've so often said, and I use the word, the left rapes language, just as they're doing with the word genocide, just as they're doing with the word racism, sexual assault, the, all the, all, by the way, racism exists, genocide exists, sexual assault exists, but when you remove its meaning because you want to use it for political gain, well, then that's that's really bad. Very bad. So needless to say, someone who says that he, they, that's the preferred one, I'll say he, looks like a man, looks like a male, can't say it looks like a man, refers to Israel as a made-up place. And that the Museum of Modern Art would hire this person? Do you understand the, the level to which it has sunk? To lead a workshop about Martin Luther King at climate change. Now, that's what I meant. That's a, that's a Babylon Bee headline. It's like, was it, oh God, when I was a kid, I heard this joke. Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a Jewish joke. The Jews would tell it. And I don't remember, I remember something about the punchline. But, uh, you know, different people were asked to... Uh, make up a topic of uh, for research or for a paper about elephants. So one one person said, oh, you know, the, the elephant and its trunk. Another, the, the elephant and its the hairs on its skin, and, and so on and so forth. And then the Jew, Jew's turn, and he goes, the elephant and the Jewish problem. Because so many things would have, and the Jewish problem. Because Jews have always had problems. So this is the same thing, the climate change people. But this that was a joke. This is not a joke. 
Martin Luther King and climate change. If Martin Luther King spoke about carbon emissions, I, I will apologize so profusely you will get tired of hearing my apologies. Woke kindergarten is a pedagogy that is pro-black, queer, and transgender liberation. It is pro-black, pro-queer, and pro-transgender liberation. Created by abolitionists. They took this from their website. I don't know what it means. What does abolitionist mean? Wasn't the term used for people who or for the abolition of slavery. Abolition early educator, Ikea Key, K-I, Gross. It was a black, uh, black educator from the pictures I've seen, who uses they, them pronouns. They have previously made headlines for an audio book that said children can use tree as a pronoun. So, not he, not she, not they, but tree. How does this person make money? Who funds this person? Gross, who uses the, tra- uses the Instagram account Woke Kindergarten, posts words for the day that are meant to teach the language of the resistance. The resistance. See, it's a rape of a term. Resistance, the resistance, meant the the French, la résistance, the French who often tortured to death when captured would oppose the Nazis, the Nazi occupation of France. They have raped that word of meaning. Another example. The resistance. One of the freest countries on earth, except if you took part in January 6th. One of the freest countries on earth, except if you exercise freedom of speech. Nevertheless, one of the freest countries on earth, and they are the resistance. Gross and woke kindergarten previously hit headlines when a school district in Virginia posted and then deleted information on their website telling students to listen to an audio book by Gross suggesting they should not feel safe around police. Imagine that, a Virginia school district put that up. Kids, you shouldn't feel safe around police. The next clip was a video from the series titled Woke Read Aloud, They, She, He, Easy, ABC, as ABC. There are so many different pronouns they read. The kid, the kid Diego likes to be called tree. I, 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 other than sick, I don't know what adjective is appropriate. That the Museum of Modern Art would use this person. That's beyond sick. 
The social engineering from left-wing corporations that make you feel like you were living in the twilight zone, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up, so I'm calling on those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values, those of you who always have your neighbor's back, who've pulled yourself up by your bootstraps, who realize a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. It's time to join the masses who have fled their old wireless company for something better, Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you superb coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the big guys. With unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And as a veteran-owned company, Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. Dial pound 250 and say Dennis Prager. Save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. I'd love to know who made the decision at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City to bring in this hate-filled group called Woke Kindergarten. Calls Israel a made-up place for Martin Luther King Day. It's had Martin Luther King and climate change. Teaches kids to mistrust police and in general cultivates resistance the resistance if this person who runs this key gross akia is the first name key is the nickname if this person is happy i am asian south pacific The unhappy have taken over much of the country. That's why I have a happiness hour. Remember, I say almost every week, the happy make the world better, the unhappy make it worse. Here is an example. But the Museum of Modern Art, I I have a, a very strong suspicion that it was overwhelmingly women at the museum that made this decision. And... My suspicion is not not the happiest women. You ever hear of CARE, Council on American, Council on Arab, what is it, uh, what is it, American Islamic Relations, that's it, Council on American Islamic Relations. They're, uh, they're regarded with great respect by the left from the New York Times to, I think even the ADL has worked with them, which is not shocking. Muslim group CARE dropped by White House over delight at October 7th massacre faces sex scandal after former female leaders said male bosses were sex pests. Headline from the Daily Mail. CARE was dropped by the Biden administration's Effort to create a national anti-Semitism strategy, and again, it gives you an idea of the warped moral world of the left, that they would call in an anti-Semitic organization, uh, a, a, a basically pro-Hamas organization, which renders it, in effect, anti-Semitic. In other words, 
whether they personally hate every Jew or not, that doesn't qualify as the only definition as anti-Semite. If you want to support those who want to murder as many Jews as possible, it's fair to say you are supporting anti-Semitism. That they were asked by the Biden administration to join a to create and join a national anti-Semitism strategy. Uh, every day, just these sick, sick things come out of the left. Care was dropped by the Biden administration after co-founder and director Nihad Awad said he was happy after Hamas terrorists unleashed an attack in Israel last October. An attack. Even that language is a farce. Burn families alive, rape women, and then stab them in the face while you're raping them. Cut off their breast and play with it like it was a ball. Uh, Well, it is an attack, yeah, yeah. Care of the biggest Muslim civil rights group in the nation. Civil rights, again, the rape of the term. Every term has been denuded of meaning. Civil, right, care is a civil rights group. My God. Has been rocked by allegations of sexual assault and harassment, obscure funding, and anti-Semitism. Hmm. I wonder if we could dig it up. I was on Larry King. No, no, no. Not La- I was on Larry King and I was on Wolf Blitzer when I said that Keith Ellenson should not swear, take an oath. It's a symbolic oath, but it's an oath on the Quran, but should have the Bible because it's not his Bible, I understand. But as I wrote, that is America's Bible. And sure enough, guess what? My prediction from what so long ago has come true. Now there are people taking oaths on children's sex books. Yeah, I gave you the names and the books. We return. Dennis Prager here. The uh, the, the stories that I, I bring to you, I mean... This Museum of Modern Art, care, that care, I mean, you know, do you understand? Gaslighting is, is so, it's, it's a factor, but it's so not up to the level of, of the rottenness at the core of the left that, that all the, including liberal groups in this case, I usually distinguish between liberal and left, Liberal groups joining with CARE all these years and to fight anti-Semitism, calling in CARE and to link Islamophobia? Who wants to murder all Muslims? Aren't Muslims murdering tens of thousands of Christians to which no one gives a damn? Has there been one demonstration by the left against the slaughter of Christians in, uh, in Africa? They don't give a damn All these demonstrations are hatred of Israel. They don't give a damn about Palestinians. They don't give a damn about Arabs. They don't give a damn about Muslims. Muslim evil doesn't bother them. Just Jews and America. That's what they hate. Okay. I hope that's clear. 
It's certainly true. Truth. Truth is everything. Islamophobia. Oh, my God. Who exactly is aiming to murder all Muslims like there are Muslims aiming to murder as many Christians as possible and all Jews? And they're always linked together. Oh, we fight anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. It's a strange name anyway, because Islamophobia literally means fear of Islam. But I think that was done intentionally, because if there is fear, it's not of Muslims as much as it is of Islam. Do you fear a Sharia-run country? Just out of curiosity. Just asking. Well, Brett Stephens wrote a really powerful piece on the meaning of Gaza's tunnels. Ever since Israel withdrew its soldiers and settlers from Gaza in 2005, which was a mistake, by the way. I supported it then, too. I've made a lot of mistakes. I believed in Oslo. Critics have accused it of blockading and immiserating, making miserable, the territory, turning it, as they say, into an open-air prison. The charge was always preposterous. Gaza shares a border with Egypt. Gazans were often treated in Israeli hospitals for cancer and other life-threatening conditions. Did you know that, folks? Isn't that, isn't that unbelievable? Israel treated Gazans in Israeli hospitals? The moral superiority of the Jews of Israel to the Palestinians as a general rule, it is not true for every single Jew in Israel, and it's not true for every Palestinian, but as a general rule, the moral superiority, the gulf, moral gulf between the two, is is a chasm as wide as the Grand Canyon. The average Israeli would, would open up hospitals tomorrow if they weren't dealing with murderous, torturous rapists. And you know what? The left in Israel even acknowledges that. They were virtually all peace activists, those kibbutzim that, that in which families were slaughtered. Israel provided Gaza with much of its electricity and other critical goods even after Hamas came to power in 2007. Now as Israeli troops uncover more of Gaza's vast underground, the falsity of the accusation has become even more apparent. According to a report this month in the New York Times, Israeli defense officials now estimate that Hamas's tunnels measure... Are you ready? I want you to be ready. How many miles of tunnels in small Gaza do you think there are? Between 350 and 450 miles in a territory that's 25 miles long. By comparison, Brett Stephens writes, the London Underground is 249 miles long. The tunnel, and and that's a rather large area. The tunnels of Gaza dug by Hamas are 100 to 200 miles more than the whole London underground. 
Some of Gaza's tunnels are wide enough for cars. Some are more than 150 deep. Some serve as munitions depot. Others as comfortably kitted out as command bunkers. There are 5,700 separate entrances to the tunnels, many of them with access from civilian houses, some directly beneath Gaza City's main hospital, which U.S. intelligence agencies say was also used as a Hamas command center. Within that maze, scores of Israeli hostages, including a year-old infant, are being held without fresh air, sunlight, adequate medicine or food, or visits from the Red Cross. I don't know how they're not going crazy. These are monsters. Basically, it's Israel, which is good and decent, versus a staggering number of Palestinians who are monsters. If you don't acknowledge that, there's only one reason. You either want Israel dead or you don't want to face truth. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their life. So, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll receive a set for as low as $29.98. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Podcasts Square, use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and now even flannel sheets, and so much more. Call 800-761-6302, use the promo code Prager. Go to MyPillow.com, make sure you use the promo code Prager. to you about the the tunnels, about 400 miles of tunnels, 55,700 entrances, including under the hospital in Gaza City. It has turned the country, Brett Stephens in the New York Times, the one truly a pro-Israel columnist there. It has turned the territory into a gigantic military fortress purpose-built to attack Israel endure retaliation and interpose civilian lives and infrastructure as part of its defense. Imagine any other government doing something similar to its people, say putting the NORAD command center directly below Times Square, for a sense of the outrage Hamas is perpetrating against its own people. That's not the only outrage. How much did it cost to build these tunnels? How much concrete, steel, and electricity did it divert from civilian needs? How many millions of hours of labor were given to the effort? What was the cost of building up its stockpile of thousands of rockets which continue to be fired at Israel? How many ordinary Gazans had to be conscripted into the effort of miserably shoveling dirt deep underground, and how many perished in the effort? We may never know for sure, but in 2014, around the time Israel first started to get a sense of the scale of Hamas's tunnel network, 
The Wall Street Journal, citing Israeli military officials, reported that the cost of building 32 tunnels, a small fraction of what has since been uncovered, came to around $90 million. Could be one of the richest little places on earth with all the money that has been poured in. I'm I'm adding this to, to Gaza. Instead, they all they did was prepare it to murder Jews in Israel. That's it. That's what they live for. The inability to recognize evil is another reason for my ambivalent feelings about humanity. But I love humans. Happiness Hour coming up. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. When it comes to your family's health, proactivity is key. With the world becoming increasingly unpredictable, you can't afford to take chances when it comes to your health. Introducing the Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit, the gold standard solution for your peace of mind. Inside, you'll find eight critical medications like ivermectin, amoxicillin, z and more, accompanied by a comprehensive and easy-to-follow guidebook empowering you to take back control of your health. From tick bites to COVID to extreme bioterror events, you're covered at any time. The Wellness Company's chief medical board is made up of none other than Dr. Drew Pinsky, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Harvey Risch, and more truth-telling doctors who are committed to building a parallel healthcare system. This medical emergency kit will be your lifeline. Visit twc.health slash Prager. Use the promo code Prager for an exclusive 10% discount. Secure your family's health today with the Wellness Company's medical emergency kit. It's the happy, 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 happy hour. Yes, it is. Hey, everybody, since 1999, 25 years, it's the quarter century anniversary of the happiness hour, the happy hour, the happy May, the world much better, the original lyrics. It's the happy, 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 happy hour. My friend, the uh, happy make the world better, the unhappy make it worse. You have a moral obligation to act happy even if you don't feel you, can inf- you cannot inflict your bad moods on others any more than you do your bad breath. You wash it away. That's right. What we need is mood wash, just like we have mouthwash. That was a new one. What did you think of that, Sean? Come on, come on, Sean. You loved it. Mood wash. Maybe, maybe, hey, what do you think? Should I get a uh, copyright on that thing? Mood wash. I like that. I like it. All right, y'all. Dennis Prager here. This might be a really, or not really, particularly interesting happiness hour. And on the other hand, might not be. I acknowledge that. I think it will be. Very simple. Start calling immediately as soon as you hear my question. If you're not happy, what would make you happy? How's that? And you know why I'm asking it? Ah, I'm not telling you now. (laughs) I have a real agenda with that question. 
a genuine agenda. Yep. What would make you happy? That is if you're not now. 1 8 Prager 776 877 7768. By the way, Sean, do we have a computer that can play the 877 jingle? Or, or is that still uh, in the realm of imagine? Uh huh. So we do, but it won't happen as fast as normal. To which I have my famous question why? But it is what it is. I, it's a, I, I'm going to be fascinated by your responses. This is a real uh, invitation for you to open up. You're anonymous. Your answers will be truly helpful to me and to those listening because, as I said, I do have a, an agenda with this question. If you're not happy, what would make you happy? 877 yeah, that's awesome. From now on, what I what I'm really learned is I have to put in these requests a day early. It's, it's sort of it's sort of like you know an appointment with uh, a doctor. You just can't call up and, and show up. You know you gotta. We can see you next Wednesday at three. You can have your jingle next Thursday at. 11. Uh, he he liked that. that. See, that brought Sean happiness. Sean, are you prepared to answer it uh, off the air, like into my earphones? But, I, but I, you may not be because you, I don't know if you would say you're unhappy. I'm not. So you're not unhappy. So you don't qualify. What would make you happier? Yeah. Time off? Really? Very interesting. So if you were fired, you'd be like uh, totally uh, thrilled. To the moon. To the moon. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I'm not asking what would make you happier, folks. Uh, that is worthy, by the way, that is worthy of a question, but it's not, it's not the one. It's, if you're unhappy, what would make you happy? Because... To what would make you happier, there's a, a tremendous number of responses. You know, if I made more money, if I, if I ha- didn't have any uh, uh, more, more uh, sciatica, if my spouse treated me better, if my, if my kids uh, d- didn't turn out to be stupid as a result of college. <laughs> uh that, by the way, is an interesting subject as I reflect on this while you call in. What? I, I, it's not answerable. This is not as ascertainable. What percentage of people today I think it might have been better in the past? 
And, and let's confine it to the United States. I would like to know a worldwide response, but let's confine it to the United States. What percentage of people is the net happiness a gain or a loss by having had their children? That's, that, put that down. It, it might be an interesting question. But I don't know how many people will say net loss. It's so too painful, uh, perhaps, to acknowledge. But if, if none of your kids speak to you because you voted wrong, I can't believe that's not a net loss. All right, anyway, I'm not going there. So although that might be your answer, if you're not happy, might something that your children do, might that be the difference? So what is your uh, what is your what are your responses here? Okay. All right. Let's go to Wilmette. How do you like Wilmette? Oh my God! I'm sitting with a man from Wilmette. Wow. I don't think of you. I think of you as Los Angelino. Do you think of yourself as a Los Angelino or a Chicagoan? Los Angelino? Yeah. I mean, the, I, I never think of myself as a New Yorker. I, I know I, I, I grew up there and I, you know, I can travel the roads without a map, but nevertheless. Yeah, been here, exactly. Been here for all, that's right, that's exactly correct. Okay. Wilmette, Illinois. Ron, hello. Thank you for calling. Hello. Thanks so much for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, currently, what would make me happy would be finding finding employment. It's been uh, I'm in the IT industry, and it's exceedingly thin out here. Okay, so I'm going to sort of give away my plot here, but I, I have to do this. When were you last employed? August. Okay. So here's here's my question. That was not the giveaway. This is. Right. And answer me honestly. Were you happy then? Yeah. So this, so you you can tell me that you were happy. If, if you'd have called me in August, which is only four months ago, if you would have called me and I would have said, so are you are you a happy man? You would have said yes. I believe so. Now, I'll, I'll allow that any work I've got, you can always find improvement and there's always complaints. But the um, the um, problems with, with not liking your job and not having a job are dramatically much, much greater. Well, that's part of my agenda, ironically, what you just said. All right. No, 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 uh, not all right. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I, I love your glad clarity, you. and I glad I, to be clear. Well, I truly wish you uh, a success in looking for an IT job. I'm prepared to to state some of my agenda in posing this question, but what he said, there's a huge difference between not having work and not liking the work you have. So my part of my agenda in posing this question is to point out to people that they should be 
generally happy with what they have. doesn't mean content. No human being with any ambition, in the best sense of the word ambition, is content. Uh, contentedness is allowable among cows. Hence, the term contented cow. But among humans, it is not possible. But happiness is. He said an important thing if you don't like your job. We'll be back. Okay, the happiness hour. What would make you happy? That's it. If you're not happy, what would make you happy? So I have an agenda with this question, and part of it is what this excellent caller from Chicago just said. He, w- he would be happy if, if he had a job, and he's, he's had work till August. He's, he's in IT. And he said, I said, I don't know. I don't know how it came out, but he, he said, you know, you could always be happier at your job, but what is it? If you don't like your job, it, it's not comparable to not having a job. That, my friends, is a great point. Great point. How many of, how many people don't like their job? Okay, so here is what you ha- what you have to contend with. Do you compare not liking your job to liking your job, or do you com- or do you compare not liking your job to not having a job? That will be all that will make all the difference in the world. One of the reasons that I have talked myself into happiness, and that's what exactly what I think you should do, because you can easily talk yourself into unhappiness, except unhappiness is more often the default position of human nature, is whom do you compare and to what do you compare your life? Do you compare your success the level of success you've had professionally to those who've done better or to those who have done worse? Do you compare your income to people who make more or to people who make less? I have always compared it to people who have less than me. And it's one of the reasons I have been happy. And I mean it. I really do that. There have always been people more successful than me in my profession. Absolutely. I, oh, I, I'll give you an example. I have given this example because I'm a very big believer in transparency and openness. I had the exact same hours of live radio as the famous legend Rush Limbaugh. He was on 12 to 3 Eastern. I was on 12 to 3 Eastern from virtually the same period of time, or during the same period of time. He made, I would say, 20 times the amount of money that I did, maybe more than 20 times. He had, I would say, three times the number of stations and listeners. There wasn't a 
a minute that I was jealous. I was actually happy for his success because I thought he did an excellent job. In fact, the Wall Street Journal asked me to write up an assessment of him after he died. And it, you could see it. I wrote it. I, I, they, they published the article. Because I don't compare, and I, I never, I, even then, I didn't compare myself, my, my level of, of success in my field to Rush Limbaugh. I compared it to the other 299,999,000 Americans who didn't have any talk show. <laughs> right? Isn't that a little more realistic? If you if you play uh if you what what position did Babe Ruth play? Sean, what what was he right field, left field or center field? Babe Ruth? Yeah. No, he's a pitcher in the beginning. I'm telling you, Sean is not a font of information today. Uh, it's a Friday. I, I, I give him some slack. He was a pitcher. That, that's ridiculous. I can't imagine you might as well tell me he was a son. He, yes. No, it doesn't matter. The guy, be, because he was such a good hitter, they took him away from being a pitcher. Okay. This is really annoying, and Alan stepped out. Alan would know, Sean, just to embarrass you a little bit. No, you're guessing. What are you guessing? That is like, why don't you just, he's guessing. All right, what position did Babe Ruth play? Okay, here we go, and the answer is, I know outfield, of course outfield. I'm asking, was it right field, center field, or left field? I assume right field because they get the fewest balls. That's a safe guess. Yeah, a safe guess. Doesn't All right, doesn't matter. So if you were if you were an outfielder on a major league team while Babe Ruth played, did you compare yourself to Babe Ruth, or did you th- compare to yourself to all the guys who never made it out of the minor leagues? This is not my only subject of today's Happiness Hour, but it is a big one. To whom do you compare yourself? I have never compared myself to those who were more successful, quote-unquote. Even that's not an easy, an easy answer. Made more money or had more, in my case, more stations. That was a very, that's a very important point that the guy made. You know, not liking your job is way better than not having a job. How many people who don't like their job think that way? Okay. Wow, here's a dramatic call. Primarily left field. Thank you. Kurt, Forest Lake, Minnesota. Hello. Hey, Dennis. Nice to speak with you. It's an honor to speak with you. Well, thank you. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller, and thank you so much for the wisdom that you've shared with the world for so many decades. Well, that's very kind of you. Hang on with me, because we got to take a break. I, I want people to hear what you have to say. The happiness Hour. If you're not happy, what would make you happy? 
I have a lot of thoughts on this. That's why I raised the topic. Okay, thank you, Kurt, for the kind words in uh, in Minnesota, and continue. Yes, hello, Dennis. The answer, my knee-jerk answer to that question is that I, I would like my son back. I lost my son about three years ago to a tragic accident. He was almost 23, and so I... I say, well, yes, I just want my son back. That would make me happy. But if I were truthful, I would say I wasn't real happy even before when I had my son. So really, almost nothing would make me more happy, which makes me think it's it's our nature. And hmm. I have actually read your book on happiness, and I completely agree that we shouldn't bring our foul nature or unhappiness on other people, which I, I try hard not to do, but... So I don't want to use my son as an excuse. It's sort of just the person I am. I'm a serious guy. I'm an introspective type of guy. And my wife is the exact opposite, just like you would expect. She bleeds joy, literally bleeds joy. And I I would like to be more lighthearted, more happy, but I think it's the way God made me. You're a special man. You're very impressive. It's it's very rare that most people don't think rationally. You do, and especially after such a tragedy. How has your wife been since your son died? Well, amazing. As I said, she literally bleeds joy. She is the well, not literally, but I know what you mean. Exudes joy. She literally exudes joy. Yeah, she doesn't bleed it. Okay. So she is doing great. Me, on the other hand, not so much. There are there are some good things that come out of you know such a tragedy. I'm I'm more patient. I'm more gentle. I'm more thoughtful. I'm not interested in conquering the world like I used to be. The material world is irrelevant. Um, so there, you are forged. Suffering forges is into to be a better person. I do think that, but it's. I, I am filled with sadness all virtually constantly, um, and I I withdraw a lot, but I was kind of like that before, and, hmm. and so if I'm a, a fair person, I, I I do just think it's our nature. And, and yes, it's a big across, it's a big factor. There's no question. Yeah. So well, um, as I said, you're a special man. See, I'm telling you. I am aware of the the high level of my audience, and I that is actual act that without anybody saying anything nice to me uh, is a real big compliment. That I draw such people uh, to me is a big compliment. But on the subject of the happiness, it's all another call that is really. expressing why I have raised this topic. When he said, yes, but I'm not sure I'd be that much happier if I still had my son. That, that I admit, is a big part of my, of the reason for my raising this subject. Like the man who, who lost his job, uh, he came to conclusions that I wanted to share with you, really big ones. But a lot of people, a lot of people, think that 
X would make them happy. But when they weren't happy, when they had X. You shouldn't have to lose something to appreciate it. Let Dennis be Dennis. Hello, everybody. It's the final hour of the week. Other than the Dennis Prager Show, it is not the final hour of the week. The final hour of the week will actually take place at midnight at the International Dateline in the Mid-Pacific. <laughs> not bad, eh, Sean? You're proud of me. Enjoy the music. I enjoy it. All right, everybody, Dennis Prager here. It's the hour you set the agenda about you, about me, about life, about death, and, of course, about fountain pens, classical music, audio equipment, photography equipment, and cigars. Yes, sir. That's correct. We also take other calls, but there is affirmative action on the Dennis Prager Show on behalf of those subjects. Ah. All right, so this is the whatever is on your mind, 877-243-776. Well, my grandsons have been visiting this week from Florida. We live at about 2,800 miles apart, but we're in pretty regular contact, thank God. My older son has has two sons and two uh, stepdaughters who are really like daughters uh, to him, and the two sons are here, the two grandsons, Jack and Daniel. It is not correct that it was named after a... Is Jack Daniel a, a, a bourbon? What is Jack Daniel, Sean? You you drink a lot. You, you must know. It's a whiskey. Do you like Jack Daniel? It's Jack Daniels. Oh. Well, shows what I know. My knowledge of that world is limited. No, it has nothing to do with that. I don't even think that when they named, when my son and daughter-in-law named their second son Jack, that they even thought about the combination, but it is precious. So you heard, hopefully, you heard Jack on, and uh, he was he's eight, Daniel is 13. Now, Daniel, all right. He's being fair now because he had applause for your brother, so he's giving you applause. Okay, thank you, Sean. Okay, your uh, your brother really, really, really looks up to you. Is that correct? That is correct. So it's a really interesting subject. I think I'm going to cover this on uh, another hour. Little brothers towards big brothers. My big brother, when I was uh, when I was Jack's age, was a godlike figure. So give an example of how he emulates you. Um, he does it in a lot of ways. It's obviously a little bit more difficult because he doesn't see me 100% of the time. But still, like any sports that I pay. Oh, yeah, I just want to play. make that clear in case right, someone's yeah. puzzled. Half the time you're with your dad and half the time you're with your mom. Correct. Okay, go ahead. So he does, like... 
copy a lot of the stuff I do, a lot of the hobbies I'm into. He tries to learn the games I play, the sports I play. He tries to learn and tries to get good at because it's almost impressed me. Oh, is that, you think, the animating thing? He wants to impress you? Uh, that's what I think it is. Oh, that's interesting. I had not they thought want about that. recognition from them. He wants recognition from you. Correct. That's what I think, at least. Uh-huh. Do you sleep in the same room? No, we don't. Does he come into your room? So, yeah, funny enough, on nights that I'm not there, when I'm with my mom, he likes to sleep in my bed. Really? Oh. Yeah, it's really uh, That's fun very sweet. Kind of yeah. He's also, I think, emulated you religiously. That's true. Yeah, because you, you're, you're a pretty religious Jewish kid, and, and he, he emulates you in that way. So this this will interest a lot of my listeners. You you came with me to my show, uh, which started two hours ago, and you you went to a a, a room here in, in the in the building, and you uh, prayed, or as uh, Jews would say, davened. But you prayed uh, for about an hour, correct? Yeah. The morning prayers. Correct. You have really taken to prayer. Well, tell my listeners why. I think it's, I just think prayer and a connection to God is a really, really important thing because it accepts the fact that you do not have full control over your life. Hmm. And I think it is also important because it, I don't know, it gives you... It makes you feel and makes you live a more meaningful and important life, knowing that not everything is the physical and I need to do this, I need to do that, I want to play this, I want to play that, I want to do this. So it's it connects you with the spiritual side of things. You, you attend a religious Jewish school. Correct. Correct. So is it half the day is religious subjects, half the day secular subjects, like most? No, not really. So most of the day is is secular subjects. Really? Oh, I didn't know. We only have, well, so I don't know if you're counting Hebrew class, like just learning the language. Yeah, no, I would count that as as part of the, because Hebrew, look, you pray in Hebrew, so you you do have to know Hebrew. So the three Jewish classes that we do have are Tanakh, which for the people is... um, it's the Torah, the Bible, the Nevi'im, the prophets, and the Ketuvim, like the, the other writings, like the Tehillim, which is... Um, Psalms. Psalms, right? Psalms, Psalms, Proverbs, it's All Ecclesiastes, stuff, right. So, okay, so he- Hebrew Bible, Hebrew, what else? Um, Talmud, which is the... Um, how do I explain it? Well, I explain it as the second holiest work in Judaism, the body of law, philosophy, theology. Right. It, it's everything. It's an encyclopedia of the human condition. <laughs> right. So yeah. uh, that's it. Those are the three, uh, and the rest is secular studies, uh, math, history, etc. English, yeah, science. So stuff. if I were to ask the kids in your school, which I have, uh, I, I believe. You did speak there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh who would you save, your dog or a stranger, first if both were drowning? My famous question, which I've asked for 40 years. What, what, is, what would the average answer be? So I think because it was in like a more public setting and the kids in middle school are just trying to like really impress their friends is like one of the main things, right? They would say dog as like 
a joke, but I think in a real like one to one like encounter with that happening, I think they would pick the human over the dog. So they answered many of them in your view answered dog to not seem like I don't know out of it or goody two shoes or whatever. Exactly. Oh, that's interesting. I had never you 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 really believe if, if push came to shove, they would try to save the person over the dog I'd, they love. I definitely. Think yeah, I so. hope you're right. I certainly hope you're right. That, that that is interesting. I also think one of the differences is you're more used to talking in like a high school setting. That's right? true. This was and this so was middle, middle school. school. Is a little bit different. You're you're, you're right. That is true. It's, uh, these changes take place pretty rapidly. So I asked you, brother. I'll ask you. What do you want to be when you grow up? So I know, I don't even well, know the know. answer. You do know the answer. Oh, oh, really? Oh, I do know the answer. Field goal kicker. Correct. What do you think of that, Sean? Eh? You know, it's a very common thing. Orthodox Jewish field goal kickers—they're like a dime a dozen. Well, as a Jew, it's to like be a an cliche. I'm sorry. For a Jew to be an NFL player, that's one of the few options. Oh, oh that is very funny. That was a Jewish joke. Which was spontaneous, by the way. My dad Jews, said Jews don't, uh, Your dad's joke? Yeah. Jews. My dad said Jews either. Want, they want to avoid re- injury? Basically. <laughs> That's funny. I admit it. You now kick 30-yard field goals, and you're 13. That is true. I have. I, I had, saw a video of it, and I and I went to one of your practices, but that, that was you, a while ago. I know that you weren't kicking thirty yards then. Barely. And you have 20. a coach, correct? I do. And now, how does he know how to uh, kick field goals? So his story is actually interesting. He started kicking very late in his life. He um, he started as a soccer, uh, a goalie in soccer, and it was. And one year, they didn't have a kicker for the high school team, so they asked him to transfer over and try to play for them. And because he was a goalkeeper, they are used to sending the soccer ball very high and far, and it came very naturally to him. But for him to be able to get into a college, which he did and end up playing Division One college and then got signed to the Cowboys, it, it, he worked with a few coaches for field goal kicking in the summer and then transferred Is to the Is he NFL. Egyptian Muslim? He is Egyptian. This is the only time in history that an Egyptian Muslim is teaching an Orthodox Jew how to kick field goals. You have heard it, my friends, on The Dennis Prager Show with Daniel Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. I could spend the hour with my grandson talking. We we do this, by the way, about an hour, an hour and a half periodically it used to be every uh, every week now i'd say it's you know two times a month and uh, he lives in florida of course i live in california and he they're visiting and i thought you'd enjoy meeting a 13 year old especially uh, given your interest which would be inevitable i would be interested in people that i followed in in uh, in in their lives and in, in their progeny, as it were. How is the? Uh, how has the? How has October seventh and and the ensuing days affected you personally? So, I think one of the biggest ways it affected me is in my school. It, I mean, 
the first couple of days afterwards, it shifted everything like completely. They had uh, what we call assemblies, which is like gatherings in the audit is in like the main room. We talked about it, and sadly, the Jewish world is not a huge world, and it does happen that a lot of people that we know through friends or know through people that we know die and it's really really touching like one of the people that um they're they're they they we call them the bachirut they're these uh women that and they're 18 year old that instead of going to the army enroll in a year of or in a few years of teaching and coming to volunteer at different jewish schools so we have there were four that came into our school and one of their fathers was a general that died in the war so she left obviously a bunch of people left for but the other ones came we have four bachelorette the other three came back and it's crazy because we do know these people also the captives have connections through my soshi and gavi my sisters from their dad's side they have some connections to some of them and especially since I have a lot of family in Israel one of them is in the army so he's like full on every second they were supposed to come for they were going to come for a heat game to Florida but obviously that canceled because can't really take a break right now so Mm -hmm. so so family is a big thing it hits personally of course because it's aside from obviously (laughs) in the macro sense so, aside from field goal kicking, what you have any hobbies? So, I play guitar. I like to fish. And I like to work out. Those are the and three pr- other main and hobbies. And pray. That's, yeah. It's more of a lifestyle. Well, as I said, I could have you on for an hour, but I have a show. But I did want people to meet you. And um, I'm I'm very lucky to be your grandfather. Other way around, definitely, also. Thank you. Daniel Prager, visiting in from Florida. I'm going to go to your calls now, folks. Okay. Let's see here. Interesting, needless to say. Let's go to St. Louis and Jay. Hello, Jay. Hello, Dennis. Uh, how are you? I was uh, very touched by your conversation with your grand- grandson. And it sort of touches on what I'm talking about, um, what I called about. Uh, my father, were Jewish, and uh, right after the October 7th, my father, I talked to him, called, I used to call every week, and he his first thing was how angry he was at the Israeli government, uh, not at the people who perpetrated the crimes with the government. We were visiting later. We got into a, started out just as sort of a generic discussion, but ended up getting political. And uh, he began yelling, told me I was whining about thus and such. I lost my temper. Uh, this isn't the first time we've gotten into it like that. And uh, I haven't felt the need to call back. I used to call every week. I'm sending him a birthday card. His birthday is coming up. Um, Some family members are urging me to give him a call again, but I don't feel like it's my 
duty, even as a son, even knowing how you feel about it, for me to make the call and uh, reach out and wanted to get your views First, on would that. you explain to me, I didn't quite follow, he wasn't angry at Hamas, he was angry at the Israeli government, did I hear you correctly? Yeah. What well, is he angry he at the angry Israeli government for? For letting it happen, that they weren't... Okay, they, they weren't well, so, so he, was not, he was not a defender of what happened. No, no, he, but he was angry at the government for not being diligent. Okay, by the way, I am too. Uh, I am too. Yeah. I'm obviously angrier at Hamas, but uh, I am angry right. at the government for, for in whatever way, uh, allowing that to happen. Some real serious uh, uh, problems uh, exist in, in, the, in Israel defense. I mean, that they could just knock down the barrier, which supposedly was supposed to be so super sophisticated, just that alone, but uh, so I don't quite understand why did that lead? Since you both want Israel to, to thrive, why were you angry at each other? Well, that was that was only one topic. All right, give I mean, me another. Give another me another topic. Talking about uh, racial issues in the United States, and I expressed the view that you know I'm 66, but if I'd been black. You know, I thought that my, I mean, that that my um, dealings in corporate America, in college, in law school, uh, that I would have succeeded mar- far more had I been a minority versus white male. And what did he say? And he was telling me I'm whining about it. I'm doing any. Well, started, were you? Where, wait, were it. you whining or were you stating I, no, what you believe? I was being. No, I was being matter of fact. Yeah, it, it, it didn't started, sound like whining to me. Yeah. Okay, so, no. all right, uh, I got to take a break. I just, I, I may get back, I may not get back. I, uh, But I, I just, I, I suspect that there must be other stuff between you and your dad. Because those don't sound like, you know, communications breakers. We'll be back in a moment. The loneliest monk used chopsticks to eat ice cream. Saw the things that go unseen. Knows exactly what it's I need. It's hard to describe the pleasure. <coughs> it's so the loneliest monk. Ah, Rick is in agreement with me. Wow. The loneliest there, there is a male-female divide on this song. There's no question. I'm sorry? There isn't? What? You're with the, you don't like it either? <laughs> he thinks it's horrible. He thinks we lost half our audience. <laughs> you have really... Look, my wife adores you, but if she could adore you even more, she now does. She's right. That is so precious. All right, let me just say this. My temperament tends toward the absurd more than my producer's does. Just the the melody, the guy, and eats ice cream with chopsticks. He's a special man, the loneliest monk. That's the point. He, th- he sees things that are unseen. Uh, remind me, uh, I'll do the that liner at the at the very end. Uh, so, 
I'm having too much fun here. Now, what am I going to say? Here you go. Look at that. I got the opposite. Here's Susan in, in Michigan who went from Catholic to evangelical. See, that's the beauty. It's the beauty. The uniqueness of talk radio. The human beings that have lived what I can only theorize. Oh, boy. Oh, I know. Cameron in Arcadia, Florida. Yes, it's true. I remember I asked you to call me back. So, yes, sir. So be brief and tell us what it's about. Hi, Dennis. Um, wanted to let you know that after our conversation last week, I went online, did some research, and bought a Monteverde fountain pen. Which which Monteverde? Uh, which Monteverde? Um, it's called the Regatta Sport. I'm not sure if you're familiar. No, I'm not. I know most brands, but uh, at how it's, much did you spend? So I went a little overboard. I spent eighty on it, but I I absolutely love it, and I have a request um, of you. Yeah, quickly. I would. Uh, yep, I would love to send you a handwritten letter with. Uh, Good. Stay on the line, and we'll give you an address. I would love to get a handwritten. He, folks, he's 29 years old, and he fell in love with fountain pens. What more can I ask for, folks? Just want you to know, once a month, from starting this month, I will be hanging out with Pragertopia Plus members. Please join it; you will love it. Pragertopia.com, Pragertopia Plus. Have a beautiful weekend. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.